This morning, um, we are going to um, have some wonderful time meditating on God the Father and meditating on our natural fathers this Father's Day. And we're blessed as we've declared this year, our pastors, Mahesh and Bonnie, have declared this year is the year for us to engage. And what we really felt, felt led from the Lord on Father's Day, this Father's Day, is, for have, is to have some of the men in our church to share throughout the service and engage with us on Father's Day, on the subject of fatherhood, on the word of fatherhood today. And so throughout the service today, you're going to hear from different men sharing their life, their perspective as a bit of revelation and inspiration and encouragement to all of us, not just the men, but the women and all of us in the room today. Encouragement for us and our lives to turn our eyes afresh on the revelation of God the Father and on fatherhood today. How many know that fatherlessness is definitely a major problem in our society today? Right. But as Pastor Bonnie said, um, has been saying all year, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So today, we're going to plant our flag as men of this church and say that fatherhood will not only continue, but will be strong because God the Father is with us. Amen? Yes, amen. Yes. So, yes. the first fathers that we're going to hear from is Mr. Armand and myself today. So, want to uh, ask Armand to share sure. from his heart today. All right. D for dad. D for dad. I got a couple couple thoughts, but one of, the first one is uh, in one of my favorite, favorite chapters in the Bible is John 17 because it's toward the end of Jesus' life and he has this amazing prayer to his father and it's really amazing. You could check it out, check out the whole thing. But I want to read a couple of scriptures. 17.24 says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. You know, the, that idea of foundation before the foundation of the world is really a big deal because it means everything that he planned was planned before everything was planned. <laughs> His plan was so unique and it's actually at the beginning, even before the beginning of everything. His plan for us to be part of the family. And that's the greatest thing about what Jesus has done and did for us is he made us part of his family. It's a difficult thing to wrap our minds around, but it is so true that we are in the family of God. Verse 25, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Oh my gosh, unpack that. First, and I have declared to them your name. What's his name? Father. I have declared to the world your name and your name is Father. I want to reveal the fatherhood of God more than anything else. That's Jesus' message. Go back and read everything. Put it in that context. Put fatherhood over it. You'll see amazing things you never saw before because he wanted to reveal, Father, I want them to know your name. And then, that the love with which you loved me. 
may be in them. That's, is that possible? I mean, that is, think about the Father God's love for the Son of God. How vast is that love? Filling every ocean, filling every ocean on Mars. Well, not Mars, filling every ocean, filling every ocean on Jupiter, filling every, I mean, filling every ocean in the universe is the love of the Father for Jesus' Son. And he says right here, that the love with which you love me may be in them and die in them. We just, let's cast every other idea off about Father, the Father. That he's up there, he's carrying a big stick or something like that. It's a vast love that he has for us to overcome. Even the songs that we've sung this morning, it, there is so much more of his love than every single problem that may affect our lives and then we may feel, you know, ashamed of. He has taken all that away in the love of his, of his son and his love for us as well. So today, if we could take that time to really enter into Abba Father, Daddy God, that he loves us that much, it is a transforming life where we can get up every day and just walk in his love regardless of the things that affect us. So I want to pray that, Father, I ask you that that spirit of the love of the Son would descend upon the church and that the church of Jesus Christ could then shed abroad that love to our world and our society so that we could be transformers to bring change to the people that we know, to let them know that there is a vast well of love inside our hearts and can be inside their hearts through you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Matt Damon saw one of those oceans in Mars. <laughs> he did. That's you just gotta, a movie reference. A Sorry. got to dig a little deeper. A little dig there. But um, I want to share a few thoughts and a few things from my heart today with you on the subject not only of fatherhood, but I do want to share about sonship. So I think if we get a concept of sonship, we see even more of a revelation of fatherhood. We become even more aware of the revelation of God the Father and with the Son like Armin was talking about. And Jesus spoke so much about his Father with affection and love as a son of the Father. But I was, uh, I've been just pondering about God the Creator, the revelation of Him. And you all know last week I shared about um, different aspects even of the flood and the Tower of Babel and creation and the truth about the reality of God as Creator. And there's evidence uh, that shows even more and more and more every time that they're finding more things on, on even archaeological things. They've never found anything that contradicts the Bible. The Bible is always true. His Word is always true. But this is the Word of the Father for us. And at creation... What did God the Father do? He spoke. His word came, and there was that revelation of creation occurring and happening. So our God is a creator God. And as we get a grasp and an understanding of creation, we understand our identity as sons of the Father. And so this morning, all of us are sons of the Father, even the ladies. I'm just going to wrap you all into it. All of us are the sons of the daughters, the ones that have a beautiful and glorious inheritance 
in our God. In Ephesians 3, 14, it says, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family, say family. Family. So every family in heaven, look at that revelation. The family in heaven, the family on earth is named. And that word family in the Greek is the word fatherhood. So every aspect, when you look at family, family is wrapped around fatherhood. Family is wrapped around, even if there isn't a father present, our God, the heavenly father, or even if you're in your own life, there's not been fatherhood present. The Lord is our father. He is our father of every fatherhood. Our God is love. He, he fathers the universe and all creation. You see where Jesus talks about even the sparrows and the pearls and the things in our world and in our creation. All creation groans and waits for the coming. All creation exalts. All creation worships God the Father. All creation praises the glories of God the Father. So when we look into creation, we see what God has done. We're seeing praise. We're seeing worship. We're seeing the activity of God the Father on the earth. I was reading that when Dwight Moody uh, had his salvation experience and he became converted and saved, um, it was an encounter with the Lord, and he came to faith in Jesus Christ. When Dwight Moody, he, he commented that when he went outside from where he gave his heart to the Lord, he went outside and he said that the, the sun shone brighter. It's like the sun was smiling on him. He heard the birds singing in a fresh way. He, he was in love with all the creation. He was in love with uh, the, the, the animals, the things, the creation, the flowers, the things looked more beautiful to him. Everything was more enhanced in his uh, beauty of, of what he saw creation because of that love relationship with the Creator. That is the relationship with God the Father. And as son of his father, Jesus manifested God on the earth. He brought us as sons to himself. In Hebrews 2.10 it says, for it was fitting for him, for whom all things are, are all things, say all things, and by whom are all things. So for whom and by whom our God are all things in bringing many sons to glory. Bringing many sons to glory. We sang that even today. That's the love of the Father drawing many sons to glory. And I just want to say today, that those of you that are here, if you have sons, literal, uh, actual sons right now that are wayward, um, that have fallen away from the Lord, we want to say today they are coming back. They're coming home. They're coming back into the Father. We're going to, we're going to release today the Spirit of God the Father to your children. If you're watching online, if you have children, sons that have, that have fallen away from the Lord, we're going to declare they're coming back. Say they're coming back. Coming back. We're going to prophesy that today, even for you in your homes, your families today, bringing sons, many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So that is our God, many sons to glory. And I think about all of the fathers in my life. My own natural father is here. Jim, can you guys give him a big hand? I honor him this Father's Day. Um, and of course, our own the spiritual father who's doing great. I was talking with him, Pastor Mahesh. He's great. We send him our blessings and honor him today. And many others and many men in this room. One of the characteristics about great fathers is that they are great sons. 
They're sons of their king. They have an identity because they know their father. And that has been inspiration for me. And it's something that I pray that I can do more with my children, that they would know their father today. So when you know the father, there's, you, you get great benefits, but you get identity, you get self-worth. You're aware of that you have a home in heaven for eternity. You're aware of that. There's total security in the Father. You're motivated to serve. And so we just want to renew our relationship as sons today to our Father. And we want to be aware of His Creator, of, of His creation and the Creator God of our hearts and the Father of our lives today. So what we're going to do is Armin and I are going to sing a special song um, that is a hymn that's called This Is My Father's World. And many of you might be familiar with it. But our prayer for all of us today is like that picture of Dwight Moody, who was aware of, because of the relationship with the Father, he was aware of what God has done in, their, in his life. This song says, This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. And it says, This is my Father's world, I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees and skies and seas. His hand, the wonders wrought. So as we sing this today, we want to dedicate this to the Lord, our Heavenly Father, our Creator. We want to dedicate this to all the natural fathers, spiritual fathers um, today, that you and all of us would have a fresh revelation of God the Father. So as we sing this, we want to meditate on this and, and just let it sink into your soul and your spirit today. I also want to dedicate this song um, to a son and a father, actually all of the above, <laughs> that we want to dedicate to his honor, and that is our brother Tom Posky, who passed away into glory this week, and I especially want to dedicate this to him because I remember for so many years a man who served the Lord with his whole heart and served so many that he loved. And I rejoice today that he is with his beautiful bride, reunited in heaven today. He's not, he's dead in the natural, but he is not dead in the spiritual. He is alive and he is reunited with his wife that he loves so much and with the Lord in heaven today. So I want to dedicate this, also this song to him, but let, let it sink into your heart today. Let the, the beauty of the Lord come and touch you afresh today. This is my Father's world And to my listening ears All nature sings And round me rings The music of the spears This is my Father's world I rest in me the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. His hands the wanders rock. 
This is my Father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their Maker's praise This is my Father's world shines in all that's fair in the rustling grass I hear him pass he speaks to me everywhere be satisfied and earth and heaven be one you can be seated. Praise the Lord. So I'd like to welcome up one of uh, our amazing fathers and just uh, everybody that's sharing today is just a wonderful part of our body and engaging. So um, would you welcome Mr. Joey Parker to come and share with us for a few moments this morning. We honor you, Joey. Welcome. I'd like to say God bless you to everybody. Happy Father's Day. And uh, our hearts go out to a million of kids that grow up without a father. Uh, and the fatherhood is essential. We must have good fathers for the development of our children. Uh, I was looking at some of the FBI stats on uh, children without fathers. And they said 95% of the crime that happens come because of lack of a male figure in the home 
and that will across every racial ethnic group with 95%. And yes, there are good single parents that bring up good children, but they are the exception to the rule. And uh, so we want to pray that there would be a restoration of the family, a restoration of fatherhood, because great fathers make great communities, and uh, we need great communities. And also, the Bible said for the kids to honor their parents, and uh, it says for the parents not to provoke their children. I'd just like to share one weakness I had as a child, and I share this weakness so you can avoid the pitfall. Uh, for some reason, I had a nice dad, but he didn't know how to communicate his love to me. And I can remember, counted on his hand a number of times, he sat me on his knee or hugged me and said, I love you. And somehow that affected me. It affected my communication with my children. And it hurt them in a lot of ways. But it's something that God took care of. And I just share that with you so you can avoid that pitfall. Because, uh, you know, we owe it to our children to love them, okay? And uh, God wants us to love our children. He wants us to be a good example. And what I want to share with you is a scripture in uh, Proverbs 13 and 22. It said, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children. And uh, we may not be able to leave a car, a large house. Uh, we may not be able to leave a large sum of money to our children. But the inheritance that my father left me, he taught me a good work ethic. He taught me to love, respect my parents and uh, neighbors. And uh, he taught me the golden rule. And so if we can teach our children that we can give them a good inheritance. And uh, that's what's more than money. And uh, in Genesis 18, 18 and 19, talking about Abraham, it said one of the reasons that Abraham was chosen, and he was chosen by God to bring redemption to the earth, he part of the redemption history, was that he would teach his children after him. So we, to be good fathers, we're responsible to teach our children. And then the greatest inheritance we can give to our children is the gospel of Jesus Christ to get them saved. And we teach our children to love because when our, we teach our children to love, if we do it the right way, we're not only teaching them to love others, but we are teaching them to love the father himself. Because if we, if we can teach them to love, then they would love the father. So we owe it to our children to teach them how to love and to love the father. And, uh, and that's the greatest inheritance you can give to their children is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, it's a lot of things that's out here for our children. Pharaoh, during the time that he was dealing with Moses, Moses was pleading with Pharaoh to let the children go, to let his people go. And one of the times that Moses went, up to Pharaoh, he said, you can go, but leave your children. And Moses said, no. And uh, what the government, politicians, 
and different ones, you know, they don't care about us coming to the house of the Lord. But they want our children. They were asking for our children. They're asking for the next generation. And we can't allow the politicians and the yes. government to have the next yes. generation. So. <laughs> but uh, so the school systems, particularly your public schools, they're teaching our children how to be rebels. They're teaching our children uh, alternate lifestyles. They are teaching our children things that are immoral. Um, and that's in the every level of education. That's some kindergarten, that's high school, that's universities. So we have a responsibility. And I know some parents, they can't help but send their children to a public school. But we have a responsibility to undo the indoctrination because our children are being indoctrinated. And if we lose this generation, we will lose our children to lose this generation. So we have to pray. We have to be salt and light to this generation, to the generation of children. God wants us to be salt and light, you know. So we're not going to let the school boys, we're going to let righteous people to the school board. And we're not, not going to let CNN dictate what's moral and what's right for our children. That's right. right now in California and in, even in Virginia, they're taking parents to court because they don't use the right pronoun. And we must stand against that. Yes. And part of being salt and light is to stand against that. And I'd like to leave with you Malachi 4 and 7. And it said that God... It will come a day and will be done in the spirit and power of Elijah that he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and vice versa, that he will turn our hearts towards the children. So, and this will come through revival and renewal. Amen. And so we want to leave with a prayer that it will be a great outpouring of his spirit and that will be revival in this nation that we can win the next generation. We can snatch the next generation out of the hands of the enemy through prayer, fasting, and revival. And that's our, part of our responsibility to our children is to win the next generation. With that, uh, we want to say, God bless you. Hallelujah. Well, you can have a seat, and we've got a couple more of our wonderful men in the church that are going to share with us. I want to welcome up Mr. Hank Rooney. And then after that will be Mr. Rich Newman. So let's welcome Hank. Bless him. Good morning. That's a tough act to follow, isn't it? Those kids. That was fantastic. And Peter, by the way, it's good to see you here. Where is he? Oh, I see you, Peter. You look, you look great. I wanted to... Uh, Talk about fatherhood, of course, and I was thinking, how much training did I have to be a father growing up? In fact, how much training did I have to be a, a husband growing up? How about all of you? Did you get much training to be a dad? It was on-the-job training. I had to look for a role model, and my role model was actually my dad. He... Uh, 
he was a good dad. He was, I won't say he was like Joey talked about. He, my dad wasn't the friendliest man, but he was there for me, and he showed me the way to go. So I was just thinking, and I, on the way down here, I was thinking of another role model I have. It's Pam's uncle, Uncle Nish. He was a role model for me, and he was a mentor to me, which is very important. So I wanted to, um, I was thinking to myself, how important is fathers? The Old Testament, what does it end up in the Old Testament? It talks about fathers and children. I think Joey alluded to that. That the very end of the Old Testament must be important for God to put it right in there for us to remember. But I was also thinking, as a father, um, what qualities would I want to see in a father? And I was just going over there, but Michael called me, okay, a father, but what are the qualities that I would look for in a man to be a father? In doing this, I had to really look at myself. So I'm going to give you some qualities, and it's a review for Hank Rooney as well. But I want to say this, it's just not for the fathers here, it's for all the men. Because some of these qualities I'm going to cover, we all could use these qualities in our life. Okay, you with me? So none of you single guys, you, you're not off the hook. You've got to listen today. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ is number one. If you don't have that personal relationship, it's hard to follow these other qualities I'm going to speak to you about. <clears throat> Active role in parenting. I remember, I'm the oldest of six, five boys and a girl. She was actually a tomboy. She had to be to survive because we gave, each one of us gave stitches to the other one, or one of them. But that was, it. so we get married, and all of a sudden we have four girls. I'm from a family of boys. I don't know what to do with girls. And so I actually started off, I would say, as a father and a married man, saying, that's Pam's responsibility. She's a woman. So I would just relinquish that responsibility in many ways. I'm, I was the breadwinner. I've been on the money. But when it came to raising the girls, who better than Pam? But I forgot. They need a role model. They need a father. And I learned that along the way. So I would say, men, fathers, better get on the ball and really participate in the growing of your family. I'd also say as a quality I would look for in a man, how does he reach out to his wife? How does he reach out to the mother of the parents? How does he reach out to her as my wife? Do I love her? Do I watch out for her? Do I esteem her? So I would say that's another quality I would look for in a man to be a father. Showing the father's love for the mother is very, very important. I, was t I told Pam what I was going to do. Michael asked me to do this, and I'm trying to think, what can I do maybe a little different? And I thought to myself, I, I went to Pam, and I asked her. I told her what I was going to do. She says, I've got one for you. Now, I knew she was pointing right at me. Listen. Listen. A father's got to listen 
I am kind of a, a guy who likes to fix things or, you know, take care of a problem. Sometimes even before there is a problem, I'll try to take care of it. But I remember years ago with the four girls, I remember coming home from work, I can picture it as look like today. I would go in the garage, go in the door to the family room. This one time I go in there, I got four daughters quarreling, and I got Pam in there. Well, I'm going to fix this problem. So I try to get the problem resolved before I even knew what they were quarreling about. But what happened is all five of them turned on me. And I didn't even know why I was complaining, what I was trying to fix. I think I got back in my car, drove out, came back in again and opened the door to come in. But I think I did that twice, but it showed me something. I've got to listen. I've got to listen to my daughters. I've got to listen to Pam. I've got to listen to other people. And one thing I've done, I would say the last couple of years, if Pam or the girls want to talk to me, I'll turn the TV off so I, they have my full attention. Even if I'm watching a John Wayne Western movie on NCIS, I will still turn it off. But I have to devote my time, let them know I'm really listening to them. So we need to be a good listener, men. Dependability, being present in all times, through thick or thin, we need to be present. We need to be involved. And they need to know it. They need to know it. Um, being verbally expressive. It, I think Joey even alluded to it. But I've seen that, and I've been like that at times, when I'm not really involved listening, and I'm not dependable uh, through what's going on. It's expressive. I've got to be expressive as a man, as a father. I have to be expressive and share who I am and share what's going on and let them know I'm involved with their life. But I have to be expressive and not hold it in. I, I have at times just put the wall up. You know what I'm talking about? And not, you know, yeah, 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 and not hear a word they say. I, I've done that, and I've got to continue to work on that. The listening is something I have to continue working on. Involvement. I thought of my father, um, and I tried to do this. My father, I played hockey when I was in school, and he would always, to the best of my knowledge, almost 90% of the games, he would come. He'd be there in the stands. And I, I remember many times looking up, and looking for where my father was. And he usually sat in the same section, so it was easy to, to find him. But he was there supporting me, his son, playing hockey. I'll tell you what else he did. He, I would, he would go to banks in Boston and get coins from foreign countries. And he'd bring them home, and he got me interested in this to become a numismatist at the coin collector. And the coins would be from different countries. So I would have to read up on the country, the geography, where it's located, and get the history of the country. But it really, really was very helpful. And he went out of his way. 
I, that was a lesson I learned, to be present for my kids, to be at their events, whether it's a sporting event or a recital, whatever it was, because I knew what I remembered, my father being present. So I encouraged men, fathers, be present when your children are involved in something. They want to see you there, and they will remember. I remember that all my life. I can picture the section he sat in. All I had to do was look there. And I saw that big smile and like an acceptance. We need that acceptance. Be human. This is another quality. Be real. Just be real. Own up to your mistakes. We all make mistakes. But I think men in general will try to hide that and not recognize it, hoping it's going to go away. But recognize your mistakes. They'll forgive you. But I, that's, as a father, as a single man, own up. So what I'm saying is, the, is a single men need to be looking at these situations. Getting, um, providing mentorship and spiritual, be a spiritual mentor. Providing mentorship, helping our children along. Let them know who they are. Working with them to find out who. I love Romans 12. It talks about the motivational gifts. And it shares what our character is. We can develop by reading these gifts. And we call them motivational gifts. Pam and I have taught on that many times. And letting our children, as they're growing, let them see who are they. I like to ask the question many times as a father. I'll ask it of anybody. What is the vision you have for your life? And so many times, I, I don't get a very good response. So that's something, uh, it's so important to develop these kids. I want to read a couple of scriptures from, uh, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. If you withhold, here's another one. This is very important. It's, it's a discussion we all have over the years. If you withhold correction and punishment from your children, you demonstrate a lack of true love. I heard it's, that's true. It is true. But I would say be consistent in how you discipline. But discipline, they, they, our children need that growing up. You can discuss what kind of discipline, but they, they need to be disciplined. I want to be disciplined at my age, 36. <clears throat> Why are you laughing? Here's, here's another one from Proverbs. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. Because why? If I can turn a page. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. That's a the Passion Translation. There's, of course, other translations. But I, I like that when I was doing my research for this, to put this together. Let me sum it all up, all these things I've said. Father needs to be nurturing, caring, protective, protective, guiding, and loving. Does that sum it up? That's what we need to be. That's a lot. 
It's something I have to work on. I'm speaking for myself. I have to work on that continually. It just doesn't come naturally. I have to work on it. There's a great scripture, uh, Ephesians 6, 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Isn't that so true? But it's a, it's a, it's a command. It's very interesting. You read just above it, it talks about the children, honor your mother and father. That's right above the scripture. Why? It's the only commandment where there's a promise so that all will go well with you and you'll have a long life. So what I'm saying here, fathers, there's a relationship. We disciple our children. I have to continually work on that. My time is coming to end, an end, but a father, this is a key point. A father who loves the Lord. This is a, a, that's what I'm looking for. A father who loves the Lord, and I want to be that way. A father who loves his children and family. Relational, to be relations with your family. And most important, I think, is a father who is a spiritual leader, a spiritual leader in his home, in his church, and his community. We're called to be leaders, men. We can't shirk that responsibility. I have to continue to work on this, on all, all, everything I've said so far. I, uh, I wanna, I'm going to end this. I was going to say something. Let me just say this. I, I, I was curious about fatherless homes. So I did some research on this. It's so important. Joey alluded to a lot of this, what's going on in our country today. But listen to these numbers. Fatherless homes. 85% of kids who, who exhibit behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 85%. These come from reliable sources. Another one, 85% of kids in prison are from fatherless homes. That's 17 and under. That's amazing, isn't it? I think it's growing. I think the pandemic had something to do with it. An estimated 24.7 million children, or 33%, live absent from their biological father. I saw another figure, it said one out of four, a little lower than the, the 33. So it's important we as fathers, I could say we as mentors, every one of us should be a mentor. Uh, when we see something in a person, I think we need to go to them and help them along, especially when you see something special in somebody, a young child, and go and speak to them. We have quite a responsibility as fathers, but it's a blessing. Our children are a blessing to us. This morning, I was reading uh, my devotional, and I'm ending up here, and it says in this devotional, every child needs a hero. Think about that. I needed a hero growing up. Our children need heroes. These kids, who came here this morning, I don't know if they're all from homes with fathers or not, I don't know, but they need a hero. 
And we have fewer heroes today out there than we used right. to have growing up. Right. Fewer heroes. I used to have a, like a Barbie Orr in hockey. Many of you don't even know who I'm talking about. But he was a hero I had. I would have to say Pam's uncle took me aside and sat me down. He's been a hero really all my life. And I got out of the Marine Corps. I was going to go into the profession I had trained for was accounting. And he came, one day we were visiting him. He said, Hank, come on and sit down. And he shared with me, you know, you're really good talking with people. I said, he said, have you ever thought of going into like a marketing field versus accounting? And I never thought of it. But he continued to talk, encouraging me, and I did. I went into marketing. And I'm so glad I did. Instead of sitting around the desk doing accounting, I think I would have gone crazy. But just know, we have an opportunity, not only in our own families, but with young people out there. And looking at these statistics of fatherless homes, it's unbelievable what opportunities there are for us to reach out. So with that, I just want to end. It's been a privilege, and it made me really think and look at my own life and how have I been functioning as a father and how can I improve. I'll leave you with this. Go higher. Wherever we are at, step up and go higher. We can all move up and be better at what we, who we are. So that's my take on fatherhood, of being a good father. And um, I'll give it back to Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Hank. I want to welcome Rich up. He's going to share himself, and then we'll go into ministry together. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Hank was awesome. Um, I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm having a bit of a personal struggle right now in my own soul because I'm, I'm angry right now. I'm angry with what's happening in our culture in America. I'm angry what's happening in the West with the progressive left and, and where it's trying to take the nation, especially with our kids. And I'm, I'm trying to guard my heart because a, a righteous anger is okay, but the scripture says, don't let the sun go down your anger. So I'm just, I think, I think it's a righteous anger. There might be some flesh in there. I'm, I'm trying to guard my heart. But I want to say this, the cross can fix it. The cross can fix America. The cross can fix the Western nations right now. So I want to encourage us. And there's a lot of anger in America right now. There is. There's a lot of anger boiling in the nation right now. So I'm just sharing a struggle. What you see is what you get with me. I'm being real. I'm angry with what I'm seeing out there in our culture right now. But I want to bring it under the cross and just encourage us to get focused on the cross can fix the issues in our culture, in our families, and in our nation right now. Okay, I just want to encourage you with that. And um, I'm a living example of it because, you know, I came out of no, no Christian background, no, no nothing. And my parents divorced when I was seven. And it's interesting because 
my father, my mum, my father, my mother, they split, and then my father would he would go and then would come back, and then he would go for a period of time, he would come back for a period of time, and there was this trauma as a seven-year-old trying to handle that. Suddenly, your father's there for seven years, and he's gone, and he's coming back, and there was this tremendous trauma that came into my soul as a seven-year-old. Now, I had a wonderful, wonderful stepdad that stepped in very, very quickly at the age of eight, and I, he was a wonderful example in many, many ways. Um, far from God, a little bit angry with God, to be quite honest. But even the most, even the worst of people can have some godly traits, okay? And he had some really, really good traits as a stepdad and was a great example. But what happened at the age of seven, and I'll get into this real brief because I want to be done pretty quick here, but a little demonic power came into my life on that trauma at the age of seven. Now, it ties into Pastor Bonnie's word on deliverance last week, but this demonic power came in on that trauma in the soul. And remember what Paul said in Thessalonians. Paul said we're spirit, soul, and body. We're three parts. And what happened was, you know, we can get born again, and the Spirit of God comes into our spirit, but we have a soul, we have a personality, a mind, a will, and emotions. And I got born again very sovereignly, very supernaturally at the age of 17. I wasn't looking for God. I was on top of the world. I was having a great time. And out of the blue, God the Father just zapped me through a Christian family whose dad was a pastor. And I got born again at 17. So I repented of my sins, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, in a local church, breaking bread, in fellowship, praying. All the foundations were in place. <clears throat> but in early 1994, I'm in this meeting, in this time of fellowship, and the Spirit of God was really heavy in the room. We were just fellowshipping, and out of the blue, there's this manifest- I started to manifest this manifestation of a, a demonic spirit. started to manifest in my life and it kind of surfaced for a few months and it got buried and it did not get dealt with it did not get dealt with and that was early 1994 I was in real estate for 10 years market crashed I was coming here to conferences every November from 2005 6, 7, 8 and then God called me to drop everything in England and come to, we had a Bible college back then called Zion College. So I left everything in England, came here, and this was early 2009. So this was 15 years since that manifestation I had in this time of fellowship. 15 years, that's important. And I come into, you know, I'm plugging into the college here, I'm plugging into the watch, I'm plugging into the church, and something is, is bubbling up. This thing is starting to surface in me again. There is an anointing here. This house of prayer and fasting and good foundations. There is an anointing for deliverance in this house. I know it to be true. And this is 15 years on and something's surfacing. And the first Friday I come, I'm lining up for prayer and... Johnny Cook gave me a big kiss with his big beard, so I remember that right. Um, you may not know Johnny. But I'm over here, and Pastor Bonnie, she prays for me, and I go down, and she's prophesying, and she says, there's a restoration of a 15-year cycle in your life. And she didn't know anything. And 
Over the course of nine months, this demonic power surfaced and I finally got a major deliverance. The key was this, and this is where I want to go with fathers and the father's blessing. Between the age of seven and 35, I had an on-off relationship with my real father. You know, it was just kind of off. It just wasn't right. And before I came to Bible college, I went to see him and I said, I'm going to Bible college. And he laughed because he said, well, I'm an atheist and my son's going to Bible college. He wasn't being nasty. He was just kind of humorous about it. So I came over here in June of 2009 when I'm here. I'm in my apartment in Rock Hill and the Lord says, I'm about to do something. Even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. It's a scripture out of Habakkuk. And I really felt it was the Lord. And I said, well, Lord, if that's you, so be it. I'll just sit back and see what you do. My father contacts me, says, I want to come over and visit. So I said, fine, fine, yeah, come over and visit. And he's an atheist, remember? And our relationship is not quite in order. But he comes over. And I invited him to church. I got him to church. I know, I know he didn't want to come, but I got him here. I got him at the back of the church. We sat at the back. And his jaw drops. Because everyone's shouting and shofars. He'd never seen anything like it. And I thought that, well, do you know what? At the end of the church, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get him up the front of the church to meet Pastor Mahesh. And Pastor Mahesh would sit here. So I got him up there. And he sits with Pastor Mahesh. And I don't know why. I went off over this side of the room for some reason. So I'm about 40 feet away. And after about two minutes... He stood up, my father, and his eyes were completely different. There was this incredible light in his eyes. So I went over and Master Mahesh said, and he's so down to earth as well as being anointed. He's not all weird and religious. He's just very down to earth. And he said, he said to my father, he said, you have to pray a father's blessing over your son. So he, he got born again. So we go back to my apartment in Rock Hill. We're only about an hour and a half, two hours later. He, he's getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, he sat on my, on my couch and all his past is come. The Holy Spirit digs right into the soul immediately. And all, all the junk's coming up and all the stuff's coming up from his life. And I said to him, I said, we well, look, don't forget, you've got to pray a father. It's like something out of a comedy show. It's like something out of Only Fools and Horses. I could just see Del Boy saying, hey, Rodney, you've got to pray a father's blessing. No, it's just like, you've got to go, yeah, it's a British humor. Don't worry. Um, and so I said, he'd been born again an hour and a half, two hours, right? And I said, well, you've got to pray a father's blessing over me. So he's crying and his hands are out. He's getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And he, he says, I pray a father's blessing over you in Jesus' name. Simple sentence. He'd been born again an hour and a half, two hours. Immediately, I'm talking immediately, there's a, there's, poof. It was like, my gosh, I felt like a dead tree that had come alive. That's the only way I can explain it. There's something in the soul. It grew up immediately. And I felt tremendously different. And we got fully reconciled at that point, which was amazing work of then. Now, I had great fruit after that. Just in my general life, relationally, all sorts of things, was some great fruit because it was a good root. I suddenly had a good root and there was good fruit. Amen. Before that, I had a, some, it was a bad root and there was bad fruit. The father-son relationship, if that is out of order, there's going to be some bad fruit from it. It's just the way God had created it. Now, the final part of that deliverance came is I'm in my, he'd gone back to England, I'm in my apartment in Rock Hill about a month later. 
and I'm laying on my bed, and I'm in a studio, so it's only about 30 foot long, the whole thing, and my bed comes out of the wall in the middle of the room. I'm laying there in the middle of the night. I'm half awake, half asleep. I hear this scratching on my front door from the inside. And I can just about look. I'm paralyzed, so I actually can't speak out at this moment. But I look over. I just about looked over, and there's something in black right by the front door. All I can explain is like it was in a cloak, and it was, I saw the back of it, and it was like a scratching on the door. And I, can, <laughs> I couldn't speak. I was paralyzed. And after about five seconds, I got out, in the name of Jesus, go. <laughs> this thing went. Now, I go back into that half-awake, half-asleep mode again. About 20, 30 minutes later, you might think this is freaky. I'm just telling you what happened as it happened. And I'm pretty logical as well as trying to press into the suit. So I don't like fleet, flaky things, but this is real. 20, 30 minutes later, I, my body's on the bed still. I am out of my body in the spirit over the kitchen peninsula, which was about where the bed is where the lectern was, is there now. And I'm in the spirit. My body's there. My spirit's here. This demonic spirit has come back into the room and there's a wrestling in the spirit. I'm out of my body, but I'm wrestling in the spirit with this thing. Then after five seconds, it was gone. And my honest belief is that when my father prayed a father's blessing, that the ground that that demonic power had had in my life between the age of seven and 35 it had no more legal right to be there. Demons are legalists. They have to have a right to be there. If they got no right, they got to go. Right. That's right. And I think that was, a, I don't think it was an attack. I think something was leaving. I think that demonic spirit thought, well, I've got no ground to be here anymore. I've no legal right to be in this man's body or life anymore. And it was gone. So what I am saying is, it's the can we have Joey and, and Hank come back up? It's the power of the Father's blessing. And we just want you to stand. We want to speak over you this morning. And I want to say this. I want to say this. I want to encourage you just to close your eyes, raise your hand. Just, just engage with the Lord right now. If your relationship with your father and online, if your relationship with your father is good and in order, whether they're dead or whether they're alive, wonderful. Praise God. If for whatever reason online or you're stood in this house or you might want to stand in for somebody, even if they're not here physically, we're a spiritual beings in a spiritual world. You can stand in for someone. Paul literally said, I'm with you in spirit to a congregation, even though he wasn't there physically. That if your relationship is not right, whether they're dead or they're alive, as much as it depends on you, get in order today. Now, I want there to be some wisdom here. Your father may be alive still. You can forgive and release honor. You may need wisdom on the degree of 
contact you have, or maybe it might not be wise to have any contact at all. These are complex situations sometimes. Just because you forgive an honor doesn't mean you open yourself up for abuse, okay? So there's wisdom sometimes. So I just want... I just want you to release right now in this atmosphere. Lord, we welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome the anointing of Isaiah 61 that heals the brokenhearted, breaks the chains, release the captives. Lord, we just bless now. We just bless our fathers. I want you to bless your father, whether they're dead or alive. Just bless them. Just say after me, Lord, I just bless my Father. Remember, power of life and death is in in the tongue. When my Father spoke over me one simple sentence after being born again for an hour and a half, two hours, there was a mighty deliverance. Just say, I bless my Father. I forgive my Father. I forgive my Father. Just do it. I just want to sit on that. Unforgiveness is one of the great keys and open doorways for demonic powers. Some people, I've read some different testimonies and stuff, have been treated, I mean, the most horrific, horrendous sins you, we wouldn't even want to really comprehend that people have received from their fathers or their parents. But God can do it. The cross can be applied to any evil. No matter how bad that circumstance is, just let the cross minister to that. I read a book about a lady, German lady. Her parents dedicated her to Satan as a baby. And then she wrote a whole testimony of a progressive deliverance from these demons that have come in. So sometimes deliverance is instant. Sometimes it is progressive. But bless them now. Just release. Come on. I want us to release any bitterness, any unforgiveness. Just, Lord, we really just say, Lord, we release any unforgiveness, any bitterness. Lord, I repent of any bitterness, any unforgiveness. Just let the Lord heal the soul. It's like an onion, the soul. He just peels off layers at a time. We're deep, you know. Humans are deep. Our generational lines, our ancestries. We are very deep as humans. The soul is deep. So just, yeah, the Lord's going deep. I, I feel the Lord is going very deep this morning. It's not about introspection digging up unnecessary but the Lord is is going right in to the soul and he's pulling out junk right now I, I, I believe it I'm releasing faith deep the Lord is going deep into the soul just receive the ministry of the Holy the hovering ministry of the Holy Spirit he's here right now angels are here they minister to the saints let the Lord heal the soul. And any demonic spirits, any spirit of rejection, fear, insecurity, be gone. Go now in Jesus' name. We cast you out. We cast you off.
We break those chains and oppressions. Any lying spirit, be gone. In Jesus' name. Now just take a deep breath right now. And just be in a posture to release and expel any of those pains right now, just in this moment, as Rich was praying that, just take a few deep breaths right now. We just release out. We expel out every evil spirit, every hurt and pain, any woundedness of the past right now. We command that to leave your soul, to leave your spirit now. Now just take another deep breath. And release it. Let it go. Let it go out of you now. Let it go. Release it. Hallelujah. And now we're going to speak a blessing and receive that. Be in, a, in any of those places where there's gaps or there is voids. As Joey prays, as Hank prays, as we pray today as fathers, receive now the life-giving spirit the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let it quicken your body, soul, and your spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, one of the greatest things we can do is to forgive. Sometimes it may not be easy. And I, I won't able to fully forgive until I was born again. And when we are born again, He gives us the power to forgive. And after I got saved, I had to forgive my dad for some things. And I did automatically. And I made it my goal to win my dad to Christ. I reached out to him. I made it my goal to win my mother to Christ. My mother was a Jehovah Witness. It took me five years because she was indoctrinated with that doctrine. She was brainwashed with it, but after five years, I was able to win her to Christ and saw her filled with the Holy Spirit. My dad died on Christmas Eve, cancer, 1988. I was working, but eight months before my dad died and my dad had been called to the ministry, I won him to Christ. And that was the greatest thing I could have did. But none of that would have happened if I didn't forgive. I had to forgive. And uh, that's what healing is all about. Inner healing is about forgiveness. And I'm just repeating what uh, Richard said and Michael said about forgiveness. The greatest thing we can do is to forgive. So if you hold an inner type of unforgiveness, it don't have to be against your parents. It could be against anyone. I had to forgive my sisters and brothers. But that's what it's about is forgiveness so we just release the forgiveness of God into every heart that we will forgive that every relationship that we have on a struggle with will be healed because healing in the name of Jesus and we release that healing I just sense I want to pray for we've received forgiveness we've, we are forgiving people and I say, let's just take this new place we're at. We're free. We're free from what's been holding us back. Just give it over to the Lord. And then I say, each one of us, let's see how we can reach out to other people. Because they may need to forgive somebody. 
how can we be a spiritual mentor or a spiritual mom or dad to other people to bring this message to them that we've heard today? So I pray in Jesus' name, I pray that you show each one of us how we can be a spiritual father, how we can be a spiritual mentor to those around us. I thank you for the forgiveness that we've been able to go through today. And I pray, Lord, that we can bring healing, bring forgiveness to other people who are out there who need even maybe more than we have a need for. Show us people we can reach out and pray with. We can bring them to the place and bring them to salvation. I just pray in Jesus' name. I challenge us to seek his will when we are around people. I, I say that now in Jesus' name. We have a job to do. When I read these, um, when I read these statistics, it also says another 75% of children who are in a home with a godly father will actively follow the Lord. Is that a challenge to us? To be able to share those type of numbers with other people so that they can bring their children to the active believer status. So I pray a blessing. Show each one of us the call you have on each one of our lives to reach out to other people. I pray that now in Jesus' name.